0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we all know why you're here. You want to hear Ronnie D. Let's get right into it.
1: Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives.
0: Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate.
1: A liberal MSNBC hosts warning Democrats about the potential for a
0: red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we
2: may be headed on that front?
1: Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race. Republican Glenn
3: Youngkin
2: you and I have a rendezvous with destiny we'll preserve for our children this the last best hope of man on earth or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness
1: smug thanks for the intro pal this has been a incredible experience down in the free state of Florida I think you may have even coined that term
0: I mean and 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 for a good reason thank you so much I mean the crowd we had out here was amazing uh, the journey was amazing. I, I, I mean, the interview was amazing, and we all had a great time. You get a
1: thousand people at Krabby Bills in St. Pete, and boy, oh boy, you're making a mark. I think they could hear us on the beach.
0: That's right, and, and thank you so much to our sponsor,
1: Geo. I want to thank today's sponsor, the Geo Group, a great Florida employer. They're keeping our country safe. They come under a lot of attack from liberal Democrats who basically want to empty our law enforcement and our private prisons entirely, which, as you know, are the ones that house all of the illegal immigrants in this country. Approximately 70 to 80% of ice bed capacity is is provided by the private sector. So these guys are important, and we thank them for their sponsorship.
0: Fantastic. So, hey, without any more ado, let's get right on into it. Hello, Florida!
1: Ladies and gentlemen, All right. Governor Ron DeSantis! All right.
0: Wait, I don't think I heard you guys. I, we said Governor Ron DeSantis. There we go. Governor,
1: look at what you've brought us here. This is unbelievable. Look at these people.
3: I smell a red wave brewing in November.
1: Listen, so we've been in Florida for all of about 24 hours. We left D.C. the swamp, right? And there was a bunch of sullen faces... Masking up, sort of like hiding behind, you know, barriers of 10 or more feet. We come down here, it's nothing but smiling faces, the most welcoming people you've ever seen.
0: Thank you! So you must
1: be doing something right. We are a
3: free state in the state of Florida. We are not ever going to let this state descend into some type of Faucian dystopia where your freedoms are infringed, where your jobs are ruined, and livelihoods destroyed. Uh, We're going to make sure that we continue to stand up for people's rights and liberties, and that's exactly what we've done. Well,
1: you certainly have a lot of energy here, and I can't imagine it's for any other reason than the fact that Florida is exactly what you said, this free state of Florida.
3: You know, I think it's just something that, uh, and this is interesting, when I became governor, when I got elected, there were about 300,000 more registered Democrats in Florida than Republicans. Well, now, for the first time in history, we have more Republicans than Democrats. And we're gaining, we're gaining more and more every single month, and some of that is people moving in Republican, some of it people switching to be Republican, yes. And it's interesting, I was talking to some of my folks and they told me this, because sometimes people say like, oh yeah, it's a free state, low taxes, you're tough on crime, people wanna be here, but are they gonna come and vote like these other basket case states? <laughs> So here, here's the data we have all, if you go from the time COVID started till now, and you look at people that have come to Florida from all 50 states, in all 50 states, the people that have come to Florida, there've been more Republicans and Democrats from each of those states that awesome, come here.
2: Fantastic. fantastic.
1: That's the only kind of passport we want, right? Make sure your partisan registration leaves. You guys stay Republican here.
3: So I think, though, people appreciate, and honestly, there, there's been a uh, distinction between these these basket case blue states for a long time. And to be to be quite frank, had I not won in 2018, this state would be a basket case, just like those other states. So so that's just so people have seen that. But then when you have all these lockdowns and these crazy mandates and the restrictions, and it's never ending with some of these places. And so people I think really appreciate uh, being able to be in a place where they know that they're going to, the, the government's gonna have their back instead of trying to shut them down, we're trying to lift people up. And so it makes a difference and I think you've seen it. And in all the problems you see with our country and there's a huge amount of problems with Brandon in the White House, okay? <laughs> Excellent.
2: Let's go, Let's, go, Let's, go,
0: Let's go, Brandon!
2: Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon!
3: I mean, look, the guy is not clicking on all cylinders. He's not had a very good year. And uh, But with all of that, all of the problems, mandates, always trying to attack Florida, everything, we're still strong here in the state of Florida. We're beating Brandon in Florida.
1: So that's a good point. One of the things that we wanted to focus on, because it, it, honestly, not living here, my parents live here, as all good Midwesterners my, do. Mine do point. too, Sarasota. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, it, it, <laughs> you yeah. built sort of an insulation against the idiocy of the Biden administration, certainly on COVID. The economy, you've, you, I mean, it's roaring here in Florida as opposed to the national economy. The one thing that I, I imagine every single person in this crowd is impacted by, that there's nothing we can do at a state level or anything else is inflation, right? I'm just curious to get your thoughts on this administration, the spending, the, the relation to how much people are paying at the pump, at grocery stores and everything else
3: and what you're seeing out there. So they are spending and printing trillions of dollars, and they wanna do trillion more. I don't think this bill's gonna pass in the Senate, but they want to do trillions more, even on top of this, And maybe people are waking up like Manchin and realizing you can't do that, but that is absolutely driving inflation. You see it in the gas prices, and yes, we don't control the printing press in the state of Florida, but what we are gonna do, we're gonna do a billion dollars in gas tax relief for people to try to lower the price.
0: Fantastic.
3: So you have those policies just generally that's causing everything to be more expensive. But make no mistake about it, they want gas to be more expensive because this goes into their ideology and their agenda. And so they're trying to act like it's somebody else's fault. It's interesting, they're blaming inflation, like, oh, these companies are gouging everyone. How come they weren't doing that when Trump was president? How come all of a sudden they're doing it? So give me a break. It's their policies that are causing this. And inflation is a tax on every single family in this country. Absolutely. Inflation is like we have people wages are going up in many respects, but then you have inflation that's going up higher than people's wages. And so you can get a five or six percent increase in wages. If inflation seven percent, then you've actually lost ground. So this is a huge, huge problem. They've got to stop printing money. And we're going to do what we can in Florida to help with gas prices or whatnot. Uh, but no, make no mistake about it. He's failed on a lot of fronts. Afghanistan, he's failed on COVID, he's failed on uniting the country. But this inflation, he denied that it was real and we know it's very much real.
0: So, so you brought up Afghanistan. I, I think what's surprising is for the amount of time that the press uh, spends smearing you and attacking you and all the attention they're giving you, a lot of people don't actually know your background. You have actually served in our armed services, and we're stationed in Iraq. Can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah, so I, I was in the Navy, and, and actually I was, um, good sea service, and I was stationed at Naval Station Mayport initially, that's actually where I met my wife when I was stationed in Mayport, up in Northeast Florida. And, um, and and we, we ended up meeting and, and, and got, and I eventually, of course, got married. Uh, but I did go, you know, I got deployed to Iraq. I was uh, attached to uh, Navy SEAL Team One. So we went to Fallujah, Ramadi, all those places. During the Iraq surge uh, in the Ambar province, and so you know there was a lot of stuff going on at the time. We were able to do do a lot of interesting stuff. Um, but you know one of the things that that struck me was you know there'd be Marines out there, ar- <laughs> <laughs> Semper Fi. There'd be there'd be soldiers out there. And this is 2007, some of these guys were on their third or fourth deployment since 9-11 even then. And so one of the things that I took from that when I became a congressman was the need to help these guys with mental health issues coming off these deployments. Because it's just not normal to be doing that many types of stuff over and over again. Really hard on families, a lot of marriages broken up unfortunately. Uh, So we were able to do that and we were able to make some headway uh, when I became uh, elected to office. You got a uh, sunglass delivery. Whose are these? <laughs> this guy down here. They're mine? No, they're, <laughs> you're giving them to me? Okay, now, they are. now they are. Okay. <laughs> I picked up a pair of shades. Not a bad deal. Okay. Thanks, buddy.
1: Well, no, listen. So, so the national smug hit on this, right, is that you're the governor of Florida. You're doing a whale of a job. Everybody appreciates it as evidenced by this incredible... I mean, this crowd <laughs> is incredible. Yeah. But you're because you're doing such a good job you're the target of national democrats which you know i mean look you were in congress you know how washington works is it surprising at all i mean you're you're, you're sitting here doing your job right serving these people and yet every single journalist quote unquote yeah spends their time trying to dig
3: through your trash to, to just completely smear you does that surprise you at all no, it doesn't surprise me at all. That's what they do. And you know, too long for many of these Republicans, you know, they would always defer to the corporate media. They go. would try to impress the corporate media. You can't don't work with them. You got to beat them. You yes. got to you got yes. you got to yeah. fight back against them. But here here is like the, the the most ridiculous was when COVID first hit. We're in like April of 2020. New York is sending COVID positive patients back into nursing ro- nursing homes killing all these nursing home residents, and the media is ignoring that, and they're attacking me because I'm not closing the beaches in Florida. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, first of all, it's a respiratory virus, you want people outside, but that was their big thing, and they try to find whatever they can, and one of the reasons they wanna do it is because, now that uh, we have Biden in, they know he's failing, but they don't want to have attention on that. So they're gonna to try to find any Republicans they can go after, and of course, Florida is the big threat to them, so they do it. But you know what, we beat them time and time again, yep. we fight back against them, and that ultimately, I think, is why that they get rattled, because they know uh, that they don't have the goods to be able to bring against Florida.
1: I love it. So that- that is a perfect segue to a game that we like to play on Ruthless. For those of you who are not familiar with it, we play a game called Dem or Journo. And you have to guess. Michael is, is the judge and jury of this game.
2: I am. So Dem or Journo, I'm going to read four statements, three of which are made by journalists, one which is made by a Democratic operative. You have to pick out... The Democratic operative. It's going to be a difficult game to know the difference. As I read, as I read these statements, feel free to boo after every single one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Governor, Governor, please don't beat me up. These are all about you. These quotes, I'm not saying them.
1: It's a Taylor Made, but let's get the music. Can we get the music queued up?
2: Nobody knows. All right. All right. Uh, statement number one. Again, journalist or, or Democratic operative. Quote, DeSantis is seemingly pro-death stance. Pro-death stance. These are all on COVID. Boo, I agree. Uh, statement number two. Again, these are all on COVID. The stupidest and most short-sighted political strategy I've ever heard of. It is outrageous, to say the least. And frankly, it is criminal. It should be criminal. That's about it? Statement number three. It says a lot that he's willing to pick a fight with everybody from the AP to President Joe Biden and not fight the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this one's on the vaccine rollout. During those months, we watched Florida's vaccine rollout deteriorate into a virtual free-for-all. So those are the four statements, three of which are made by journalists, one by a Democratic operative. <laughs> Just think about
1: that for a <laughs> minute. <laughs> this is, this is journalists? No, journalists? Not anymore.
2: So the way that we typically play this is, uh, you know, Smog and, and Holmes will provide what they think the answer is. I, I think you guys should do that first. And you, Governor, you close your eyes. And then we're going to give you the floor as we talk through these. Floor. Can I can
1: I get a reread of one of them?
2: Okay, sure. I'd like a reread of two. The stupidest and most short-sighted political strategy I've ever heard of. It is outrageous to say the least, and frankly, it is criminal. It should be criminal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stupid.
0: I got my guess. I'm going to transmit it secretly to Duncan.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. Smugus submitted his final answer. Okay. Holmes has submitted his final answer. Now, the floor is yours, Governor, to talk through any of these. If you read your own clips, maybe you remember some of these.
3: Well, the good thing about me is I don't care what they (laughs)
2: say. So I don't need it. (laughs) Yes.
3: So I'm going to say number two was the operative and the rest were the journos.
2: Okay. Okay, well, statement number two was actually from Eugene Robinson, the Washington Post editor.
3: Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, sweet. So you got to walk us through the rest I'm of this I'm not worried one. about what some corporate shill from Amazon is
2: saying. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, so number one, DeSantis seemingly pro-death stance. That's Bess Levin at The New Yorker. Oh, the New Are Yorker! Oh, the New oh, Yorker! The New Yorkers got oh, opinions. They have opinions now oh. about Florida oh, up there in New York, huh? <laughs> number three was from Amar Musa from the DNC. That was the operative number three. What, what? Can you give us a read on that one? I want. It says a lot that he's willing to. F- pick a fight with everybody from the AP to President Joe Biden.
1: Ah, there was a tell in there. There yeah. was a tell in there. There was a tell. The, the tell is when somebody says the AP is a sacrosanct, that's an op-dem operative.
2: How dare you?
3: That's a dem- <laughs> I missed the sign. I missed the <laughs> sign. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you for playing along with us with that. <laughs> I don't distinguish between dem operatives and, and uh, corporate reporters. They're all the same to me. There so. we go. That's right. That's there right. we go. So, so one of the things that we want,
1: like national politics, broadening the lens a little bit. This week, uh, Bill Back, Brandon, uh, Joe Biden, he's made some news, right? You've got, you've got store shelves across the across the country that are empty. You've got inflation. You've got immigration problems. You've got all these things, and he's down in Georgia, basically calling all Republicans racist. Do we have audio of
0: that? Do you want to? Be- side of John Lewis oh, no. or Bull Connor. Do to be the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Please. Davis?
2: This is the moment to decide, to defend our elections, to defend our democracy.
3: What the hell is that?
0: <laughs>
3: so this is how out of touch these these people are, is he says that voting rights means ballot harvesting. That it means taxpayers funding elections, that it means you can't have voter ID. And I think like 80% of Americans want voter ID. ID. In Florida, we have banned ballot harvesting in the state of Florida. We're not going to let it happen. Outstanding. You know, we, we also banned Zuckerbucks in the state of Florida. We're not going to let people like Zuckerberg take over these elections offices. And so they're so out of touch. But the reason they're doing this, I think, is because they know they're going to get their butts whipped in twenty twenty two. So they're going to then turn around and say, oh, no, it wasn't because we're doing such a bad job. It wasn't because we're so unpopular. The Republicans were suppressing the vote. That's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to build a narrative to try to say all that. Nobody's buying it. You know, Biden does these events. And he gets like 15 people to show up as the president of the United States. Um, not Well, not, not, not the, not, not the biggest draw in showbiz. Do you remember the honking?
1: Remember the honking horns in 2020? Right?
0: He had, he had a crowd that was like in their cars and just honking the horns. In a, oh my God! Well, well I mean, I, one thing I have to bring up in terms of national politics you is. You're seeing that the Washington Post is attacking you, a governor of Florida. You're seeing the New Yorker is attacking you, a governor of Florida. But what you're also seeing is that currently you are leading pretty much every poll for the Republican nomination for president. I just am very interested in hearing your thoughts on that. Well,
3: you know what we're doing, and people can go uh, RonDeSantis.com and help us for a great reelection in 2022. It's very. Um very important but um you know look i i I just do my job but i think what people see i mean quite frankly republicans they want to see people actually lead and get things done and fight back and that's what we've done we've had to do a tooth and nail we don't back down from anybody and we do things so you know and i don't just wait for things to happen we're out front so for example biden's border yeah i sent some of our folks to help texas but i've also figured you know they started flying people in in the dead of night to florida Illegal, illegally. So now we're getting money from the legislature. I will send to Delaware when they come and bring oh, them to Florida. Amazing. We'll do all that. Amazing,
0: amazing.
3: We're going to hold the companies accountable who are transporting people. Why? You have people coming in southern Texas and you're bringing them to Florida. Why are you doing that? So we're fighting back against this stuff. And I think that's ultimately what people want to want to see um, in terms of all this stuff. So. And also, I think
0: one thing that they're also trying is because your record pretty much speaks for itself, the record of success that you've had here in Florida, is they're trying to drive a wedge between you and one of your constituents here in Florida, (laughs) former (laughs) President Trump. Is there any sort of animosity? What's that relationship like? Every article they're trying to push these days is trying to cause trouble. I want to know what that dynamic is
3: like. Yeah, no, I think this is what the media does, and you know, you cannot fall for the bait. You know what there they're trying go. to there do. There you go. There don't go. take the bait. So, so just don't don't take it, and just kind of keep on uh, keep on keeping on. We need everybody uh, united for a big red wave in 2022. We've got to fight the left. And we gotta, and you know, not only fight but beat the left, and that's what we're doing in Florida. I mean, if you look at what we're doing, you know, we ban critical race theory in our K through 12 schools. We're obviously pushing back against Biden's border uh, policies. We're standing up for law enforcement. We're doing law enforcement bonuses. You know, they're not supporting, we're, we're gonna hold any of these uh, soft on crime prosecutors accountable, so we're doing all that, and we have an opportunity to do a lot more, uh, but really we need everyone on board, not just Republicans, I mean, independents, and you know what, there are a lot of Democrats who are now looking at Biden and saying, uh-uh, this is not what I want. So we have a chance to really, I think, broaden, uh, broaden our coalition here. That's great.
1: So one of the things that's become totally apparent to most of this country during covid because so many states unlike florida have had to shut down education right and our kids unfortunately have been put in the middle of a crosshair political debate you've not done that you've made sure that the kids are in school and they're getting their education and honestly the thing that we see across the country and we've talked to you know i mean we talk to people all the time from from everywhere where this has hit minority communities and the least fortunate communities the hardest Tell us a little bit about your thought process in keeping schools open, making sure the kids are getting
3: the education they deserve. Well, it was very obvious if you actually followed the data that kids needed to be in school. And you know, we didn't know like in March of 2020, but you know, four, six, eight weeks, you you saw the data, you saw places in Europe had the kids in school. It's very important for families, particularly for a lot of our working uh, parents, particularly single moms. And so uh, we wanted to do it. And the question was, are you gonna follow the actual data and the science, or are you gonna listen blindly to people like Fauci? Fauci? Fauci! Fauci Fauci was fear-mongering. Fauci was trying to scare parents. He was saying that the kids were at serious risk of this, and that was wrong. And so we didn't listen to Fauci. We said we got to get the schools going, and we did. And the result was all the stuff that they said in in those clips, they were saying that in worse when we were opening the schools and making sure the schools were open. And now look no one will admit that they were against having the schools open in Florida. They all, like, like none of them were in favor of it. The union sued me to try to close the schools, and we ended up winning, and we were right, and they were wrong. How often do you just want to send
1: out just a tweet that just says, I told you so? <laughs> you
3: know, the, la- the, the latest on some of this is, you know, now they're, they're acknowledging... Um, these cloth masks don't work. And we knew that That's from right. the beginning, too. Instead of acknowledging that, though, they're actually going in the opposite direction. They're saying, yeah, the cloth mask doesn't work. It's not going to stop Omicron. So you need to put N95 masks on little kids. No, no, no. We are not allowing that to happen in the state of Florida. Don't worry. But I do think, I can tell you this, because, you know, you're in, like, Look, my job is to lead, but like when we were working hard, you know, keeping Florida open, Fauci July of 2020 said they have to shut Florida down. They got to do it. Literally, we had already peaked at the time, so he was wrong again. But like we were taking so much fire, we stood our ground and because we did that, other states followed. If we had not done what we did in Florida, you know, I think half the country would be totally locked down right now. And that would have been a disaster. Well, I mean, that's a good point because at the beginning of the pandemic,
1: obviously nobody knew what this was, right? I mean, this is a a once-in-a-hundred-year event, and there are a lot of well-intentioned governors, conservative governors who didn't know how to handle it. You pretty quickly got a handle on what you wanted to do. I'm interested in that thought process at the very beginning. And did you weigh basically what all of these people have come to understand, which is their livelihoods, their kids' education, Was that a cost, did you think about sort of how did you balance that I guess is my question because I don't think in in my view any other governor had as quick a decision making
3: process as you did during those really scary times. You cannot just destroy society and think that that's somehow gonna solve a respiratory virus. You need to have a strong society. Yeah, you do things. We helped elderly people in a variety of ways. We're doing the. We would do a lot more treatments if Biden didn't cut them from Florida right now. So we worked very hard and led on all those things, uh, but you have to have a society functioning, but you also had to actually follow the data. You know, one of the reasons why Fauci did all the stuff he did was because these epidemiologists would do these models that would say like, we'd have no hospital beds in two, two weeks for anybody in America. It would all be COVID. And those models were wrong. And that was obvious, you know, if you followed it in real time back in March of 2020, you knew by the end of March, they were wrong. They were wrong in New York, they were wrong in Florida. And you also followed people like Jay Bhattacharya at Stanford who actually was doing um, uh, studies about antibodies and all this stuff. And there was, this was a lot more prevalent. There was no way that it could be eradicated, and that was obvious by April of 2020. So you take those factors, know how important it is to have a functioning society. And I can tell you this, yes, Florida's doing much better economically than these lockdown states. Yes, we're doing much better in terms of education, all that, but the number one difference I would say is the happiness of the people. Yeah. <laughs> And you, these lockdown jurisdictions, you are going to have mental health problems for years and years and years, and particularly for the kids that they have treated so poorly over the last two years.
2: So, Governor, <clears throat> we have we have breaking news today at the Supreme Court. <laughs> the Supreme Court. Uh, has defeated Biden's COVID vax mandate. Is that, is
3: that another one of the told-you-so tweets? Well, as many people here know, you know, we didn't necessarily wait for the courts. I called the special session of the legislature in, in November, and we provided protection so that in Florida, you're not going to lose your job over these shots, okay? You have the right to work. And we won 6-3 on that, but which is good, but honestly, this was a no-brainer. I mean, anybody who's not a far-left jurist was gonna come out that way. But on the medical, the nurse mandate and the doctor mandate, Roberts and Kavanaugh joined with the liberals to allow the nurse mandate. So, so here's what's going on. Think about how insane this is. Now, in Florida, we protected the nurses. So we have people that you know are working but in other states they fired nurses who were not vaccinated many of them have natural immunity from prior infection so they fire them now they're so short-handed so they're actually bringing back to work nurses who are covid positive they're they they they're, they are vaccinated but we know that's not stopping it so they have covid positive people back on meanwhile the unvaccinated likely immune through prior infection healthy nurses are on the sidelines fired. How insane are these policies? And so what Biden's doing with this CMS mandate, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, enforce our protections here in Florida, but what that's gonna lead to in some of these other states that haven't done what we've done, uh, that's gonna lead healthy nurses to be put on the sidelines while we have an acute healthcare shortage. I mean, at some point, you just gotta, but honestly, Roberts and Kavanaugh Did not have a backbone on that decision. That's just the bottom line.
1: Speaking of
0: consequential decisions, you've clearly had a lot of successes here as governor in Florida. What one decision have you made are you the proudest of? And what one decision, if you could go back and change, would you change if you could?
3: Well, I think what I'm most proud of was actually what was talked about earlier that when it wasn't fashionable, when we were taking all the incoming, you know, we made sure that our kids would be in school, they'd be playing sports and we were not going to take out the fears of adults onto these kids. And we stood our ground on that from the beginning. And I think down the line, you're gonna see different social dysfunction than these other places. And Florida's gonna be a lot healthier. So it's the right thing to do in real time, but I think it's gonna have years and years of positive feedback, um, you know, with some of that. You know, like, you know, could you, what could you do, um, you know, earlier? I mean, I think like it, when, when, when COVID was first coming, you know, we were actually engaged in it. Uh, I was telling Trump stop the flights from China because we didn't know what we were dealing with. Um, But you know, I never thought in February, early March that it would lead to locking down the country. I just didn't. I didn't think that was on the radar. Uh, I was dealing with, I mean, I had Pence and uh, the CDC director down at Port Everglades talking about cruise ships the second week of March and no one was talking about shutting down the country. And I think if knowing now what I know then if, I, if that was a threat earlier, I would have been much louder about you know, trying to say this is not. But what happened was people like Fauci panicked. They were following the data out of China, which is not trustworthy. You know, Fauci will say, oh, Chinese scientists, they're not communists, they're scientists. Meanwhile, he funded When them. you're in China, you're all controlled by the CCP. And yes, Fauci funded them at the Wuhan lab, and he lied about it. And why is he not being prosecuted for lying to Congress? That'll get the people going. <laughs> all right. So we got three big
1: questions. But before I, before I do that, you've got a re-election coming up. I can't believe anybody's actually going to run against you. I mean, this has, been, this has been a glorious term if there ever was one. But you got to fight. And, and what's happening nationally is basically all of the liberals across this country are focusing on him. Right? They, know, they know that he is a bright shining light of conservatism across this country and they want to make darn sure that they stop it as quickly as they can, right? So all these people
3: here are saying that's not gonna happen.
1: Talk to me about the re-election. So
3: here's what I think is exciting about what we have an opportunity to do in Florida. One, we've seen how great we've done with more Republicans, but you know, there's people who would vote for president every four years Some of them don't even, they agree with us, but they don't even vote in the midterm sometimes. But now because of COVID, people realize the governor has been more consequential in your daily lives than even the president of the United States. And so, We have an opportunity to not just get all y'all to the polls, but to get your friends and neighbors who don't always vote in these races, and we are going to have a tsunami of turnout in November of 22. And that's what's really exciting about it, and I think we're going to be able to really rewrite uh, the political map of Florida. Of course, my election is very important, but you know, we have congressional races uh, that are going to be up. We've got a lot of important uh, uh, things up and down the ballot. So uh, we have a great end. and we have an opportunity, I think, to build a a phenomenal coalition, and I know all of you will be a part of it, but we're gonna have a lot of folks.
0: Let's go. I love it. I love it.
3: All right, so on the Ruthless Variety
1: program, for those of you who haven't been loyal listeners, I know there's a couple, maybe, in this crowd, we ask every guest three big questions. And these things are kind of like designed to strip through all the nonsense. They're not political, they're basically about who the guest is, kind of what makes you tick in a lot of ways. The first question, if you could
3: plan your last meal on Earth, what would it be? Oh, I would do a big porterhouse, uh, medium rare, oh, yeah. Yeah. nice big baked potato, the cream corn, spe- yeah. i do the full steakhouse experience.
2: <laughs>
3: that is like indistinguishable from my order.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> literally perfect. All right, so the second question is, if. If you never well, well the
3: boots. So this is great, um, and I would also say just just being you know here. I grew up, up up the street in Dunedin. Great part of the great part to grow up. You know we do have seafood that's second to none that comes in here, and that you know I'm a meat and potatoes guy, but you know I, you could do a lot worse than doing some grouper or something off the coast here. So these boots were my Christmas gift from the first lady, and. Oh. Oh. They're not just any old boots. They are boots made with the skin of a python that was caught in the Florida Everglades. So. (laughs) All right, so the second question is, if you never got into politics at all, never got into it at all, what would you be doing with your life? So, I had been in the military, you know, I, I enjoyed that. I would have definitely stayed, I think, in the Navy Reserve. Like, I can't do that as governor, uh, obviously. Um, I'd, be, I'd be involved, I think, in, in business. And I think about what I would do. But, you know, my wife was a very good news personality uh, before she became first lady. And I think if I wasn't in office, I'd be working to, to make money in business. But she would be on Fox News. I guarantee you that. <laughs> I love that. All right. Need
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need, crazy. exactly.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the third question is a psychological, it's almost like a, like a couch type uh, psychological question, but it goes to what motivates you, right? What makes you tick? And the question is, what motivates you more, the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? Now let me explain this for a second, because nobody likes the agony of defeat. But the way to think about it is that the thrill of victory person is the one that's the sunny optimist. They're always charging up the hill, glass half full, you know, just go get them. The agony of defeat person is Michael Jordan, right? Every setback they've ever had in their life, they never forget. Their victories are fleeting. The, 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 any loss that they've ever had, they wear like a backpack. And they're just vowing to never, ever repeat that again. So those are the two polls.
3: Governor, where do you find yourself? So me, it's all about, it's all about winning, it's all about reaching for the stars. I do not worry about failing. That happens in life, um, but ultimately, if you don't try, you don't succeed. And so, a lot of people said, a lot of things I've done I didn't have a chance to do. We've been able to do it. And so, you know, you reach for the stars and you'll be able to, uh, to succeed, and that's what we do. High standards, we set our sights high and follow through. Well, we have had a lot of victory to thrill you here in Florida.
0: That's been outstanding. Thank you so much for your time, Governor DeSantis. Go thank Rock you guys Darius. for
3: coming down, thank you. Thank Thank you to Grabby Bills. Everybody tip your bartender. Thank you.
0: Truly, I mean, it was an experience of a lifetime. From the free state of Florida. Thank you so much to Ryan D for that interview. So, until next time, Minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.